Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, one of the co experts of Rocks Pile, and I am once again joined by Kevin Henry, who is not in the state of Colorado because where in the world is Kevin Henry? He is in. I am in beautiful Manhattan, not Kansas, but New York, uh, sitting here watching the world go by in the Big Apple. Had to go by and check out the MLB store, Noah, and just see the vast array of Colorado Rockies merchandise available, and it didn't take me long to find it. So there you go. Which, it, honestly, it's kind of surprising that it didn't take you long to find it. Because no, Manhattan, sure. MLB, not necessarily uh, the biggest fan of the Rockies, because it's not... <laughs> It's not the Yankees. <laughs> no, no, there were plenty of Yankees. So here, here were the teams. You ready? And you can probably guess the five most that I saw. Do you want to guess what those five were? Yankees. Yep. Mets. Yep. Red Sox. Yep. Dodgers. Yep. And Cubs. You know, I was going to say Braves just because it was right around the World Series. But now that you say Cubs, that's a, that could be a dead heat between Cubs, Braves, and Astros there at the very end. Yeah, I, those are the three teams I was thinking of. I was thinking those three well and the Giants. So. Well done. No, you know, the, so how they had it arranged is that each division had its own little, you know, it went from Colorado, San Francisco, San Diego, and just kind of kept going around. And I didn't see that much giant stuff there. I was kind of surprised by that too, honestly. Oh, now maybe, you know, they rolled out all the Buster Posey gear after he announced his retirement, uh, you know, yeah. that was the day after I was there, but Hey. Yeah. Which speaking of which I, I want to kind of see your opinion on that. that. To me, I was kind of surprised by it. Um, but I mean, he's made plenty of money. He's yeah. won three times. Um, and he, it ended up being that in 2020 that he was out for COVID and 2021 ended up kind of being his 
swan song where he uh, the Giants did have the best record in the National League, but I, I still did find it kind of surprising because he's going to be eligible for the Hall of Fame when he's 39. And I believe Yadier Molina, he's still playing. Uh, well, I, I do know he's still playing, yeah. but he is older than that already because I believe he is 39 right now. And I believe Yadier Molina is actually older than his manager now. I believe so. I believe that's correct. So of the weird tales involving Yachty or Molina, there's one. Um, but I think that you hit it on the head a minute ago about Buster is that if you're thinking about retirement, what better way to go out? Because let's be honest, are the Giants going to repeat that next year? Highly unlikely. Doubt it. Yeah. And knowing that the Padres are likely going to retool with Bob Melvin now as their manager, knowing the Dodgers will be gunning to get back on top of not only the National League, but just the West in general, probably Buster said, you know what? It's never going to get as good as this. So uh, as much as I love tormenting the Rockies, it's time to step away. By the way, Oliver Marmol, he was born and he's the new Cardinals manager. He was born 1986. If, if, it feels old, doesn't it? It does. I'm, I'm just telling you right now, there's there's a lot of these the players that come in. Juan Soto makes me feel old every time I watch him play and I see when he was born. These players that are now, you know, in the 2000s that are uh, in the minors, you know, it's just like, oh, my gosh. I don't know the exact date that Juan Soto was born, but I know he is younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome to my world. No, it's going to happen. <laughs> just tell you. It's coming, man. Now, don't look at the like Arizona League rosters oh, and dude. Pioneer, oh, formerly the Pioneer League, and their rosters because I've looked at some of them and I'm like, 2004. Yikes. <laughs> when I talked to Zach Bean, <laughs> whenever I was out there in California, I was just like, I am literally dust. I mean, that's just all there is to it. You know? <laughs> My goodness, see that next generation coming up. Uh, oh. Scary. Now, wait until you get uh, to the older uh, age of some of the BBWAA guys like Tracy <laughs> Ringles. Man, I know he's he's uh, further along than you are. There, you know, there are some of these folks that I run into at the BBWAA meeting there in the, uh, Denver during the All-Star game. And I was like, I'm going to get there one of these days. But you're exactly right. As long as I don't start using whippersnapper and some of those words, I should be all right, I think. So we'll see. <laughs> So, in other words, over under ten, uh, nine and a half years, you're going to start using that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go over just because I'm going to have that in my head not to. Uh, okay. But we'll see what happens. I may get to escort out of the Coors Field press box one of these days for saying that young whippersnapper who just bought it. <laughs> you know, so, we'll see. <laughs> uh, we so, will see. But what, what did you think about Buster? You asked me, so let me turn the tables on you. I like that. I, I was... I, I was kind of surprised by it. I mean, but the more I think about it, it's like, okay, yeah, it does make sense because like you said, it's, it's really not going to get any better. He was an all-star and he did win three world series. So it's not like there's some players who are hanging on, uh, at least, especially in the past of, Oh, I, I could win a world series if I hang on one more year with a decent team. But Buster Posey already has three. Yeah. So it's it's like with uh with Bruce Bochy, where I mean 
who knows? He could return to manage. But, I mean, he's in his mid-60s. But, hey, he already won three World Series. By the way, I found this very interesting with Bruce Bochy. He won three World Series. He has only won one, I repeat, one NL Manager of the Year award. Interesting. And that was in 1996. And yet the man that replaced him in San Francisco will likely be the NL manager of the year this year. Yeah. Go figure. That's baseball. That's baseball. HR black. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, he's the one who replaced Bochi in San Diego. I'm telling you it's San Diego. It's, it's an interesting place to watch them come and go through there. And I still think Bob Melvin being signed as the manager is going to be one of the more surprising stories of the offseason, even as we go along, because we all thought it was going to be maybe Ron Washington after the World Series. Uh, you know, Ozzie Guillen's name got thrown out there even. I don't think any of us were thinking Bob Melvin was going to move, uh, you know, down the coast from uh, Oakland. But sure enough, uh, the Padres knew who they wanted and they got him. And speaking of that, uh, Oakland had him for a contract for 2022. Yeah. But they still let him interview in San Diego, which is mind-boggling to me. But don't, don't you wonder what's going on in Oakland? I mean, the just the fact of where they're going to play, what's going to happen next, it just feels like a franchise that's just floating out there right now, which is a shame because they've got good players yeah. and, and had a good core. Now we'll see. We'll see how long that lasts. But, you know, I, I would be – surprised if Oakland didn't kind of blow things up this year a little bit, especially after Bob Melvin. Yeah. By the way, too, with Bob Melvin, he is their first manager to have managerial experience since. Can you guess the name? Ooh, wow. Um, Tell me. Jack McKeon. Oh, look at that, Jack. Oh, Trader Jack. That's a great name to bring up right there. I like that. The managers in between Jack McKeon and Bob Melvin are Greg Riddock. That's a good name right there. Jim Riggleman, who, of course, managed other places, but his first job was in San Diego. All right. Okay. Bruce Bochy, who obviously went on to manage the Giants. None other than Harry Ralston Black. Yep. Dave Roberts for one game. Pat Murphy for 96 games. Andy Green. Rod Barajas. And Jay Stingler. That's pretty interesting, actually. So San Diego, colon, birthplace of managers. Is that what we're going to say now as you go into the gas lamp district or the quarter? That is exactly what I'm saying. Okay. And also, too, if you look at uh, if you look at some of their uh, looking at their entire managerial history, there's some really good names uh, going up to McKeon. Preston Gomez was their first manager. Don Zimmer was second. John McNamara, Bob Skinner for one game. Uh, Alvin Dark, Roger Craig, Jerry Coleman, the broadcaster for a season. Frank Howard. For a season, Dick Williams and Steve uh, Steve Boros, and then Larry Boa. That was Larry Boa's first job as well. 
So San Diego has almost been a farm team for San Francisco uh, managers who go on to do great things in Roger Craig and uh, Bruce Bochy. Is that correct? And then also, too, Alvin Dark managed in 77. He was previously the Giants manager. There you go. How about that? That's baseball. That's baseball. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, so Noah, here's a question for you as, as we, uh, we wrap up this first segment here. So Buster retired. Who's the other NL West guy you would want to see retire just so he wouldn't torment the Rockies anymore? One player. Um, most Rockies fans would say Max Muncy. See, that was my first thought too. Number two would uh, a very close second would probably be Buster Posey's teammate Alex Dickerson. Yes, I I think there was a day that Will Myers would have been like top of mind. I don't think Will has been as tormenting lately as other people, though. It seems like. Yeah, and I mean, also too, Muncie's with the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are always good. The Padres, I mean, as we've as everybody knows. Really, since the month of June, they were a dumpster fire. <laughs> I mean, they were just terrible. Let's not forget the series before the All-Star break this year. The Road Rockies won in San Diego. It went so under the radar because everybody was getting ready for the All-Star game. But that was a sign of things to come for those dastardly Padres. And... Also, too, the Rockies, they defeated the team that ended up winning the World Series four out of their six games. We'll talk about that team, though, on the other side of the break. We are back here on the Rockspile Rockies Report. Noah Yingling and Kevin Henry here with you. And we teased at the end of the last segment about the Rockies going four and two against the team that would end up winning the world series. And that of course is the Atlanta Braves. And first off, congratulations to the former Rockies on there. Uh, the off forgotten Chris Martin off forgotten. That includes me too. Cause I mean, it's not like he was a Rocky for a long time, at least in the majors, but Eric Young seeing Eric Young senior, uh, Walt Weiss and Tyler Matzik as well. Kudos. Yeah. And and was there any better image than Eric Young Sr. dancing in the clubhouse afterwards? That was a beautiful little bit. No. Of I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but also, too, I mean, as we've as we've discussed on the site before, and if you haven't seen it on the site, you've probably heard it in general. Brian Snitger has been in the Braves organization for God knows how long and I believe 81 and now he gets a World Series win in 95 he was there of course in the organization when they won but he was in the minor leagues at the time Ron Washington finally wins a World Series Eric Young had, ne- had never been to a World Series before this year Um. Walt Weiss, this is the first time he's won one since he was a player in 1989. And a piece of trivia, Walt Weiss is actually on the last Braves team to get to the World Series in 1999. That's interesting. So, yeah, he was there, and I believe, well, no, Andres Calarraga wasn't 
there yet, but he he did end up going there later. But yeah, the last Braves team to get to the World Series was in 1999, which considering how well they played, it's uh, the comparisons always made between them and the Buffalo Bills. Always from from 91 to 05, you get to the uh, you win the uh, uh, you win the division every year with the exception of 94, because there's no playoffs and they were in second place when the season ended, but you win the division every year and you win one world series. That's kind of pathetic. Yeah. And you know, their final world series appearance uh, swept by the Yankees. Uh, So, you know, it wasn't even a joyous fall classic, to be honest with you, that last one. And I saw some, now that I think about it, Galarraga was actually on the 99 Braves, but he was injured that year. Okay, there you go. I saw somebody post on uh, our favorite website, Twitter, that if you had told a Braves fan in 1999 that they wouldn't see another World Series you know, for more than two decades, they probably would have laughed at you. Yeah. Just because of the recent run that there had been with the Braves. Yeah. But then as our friend Thomas Harding once quipped, it's all falling apart. And that's what happened with the Atlanta Braves, their National League dominance. Well, and, and that's the thing, too, where I, there's so many teams, and believe me, believe uh, being in the uh, Cleveland metro area, there is a, there's a difference between making the playoffs, uh, well, being perennial playoff contenders, big air quotes around that, getting to the playoffs and being able to win a world series. Believe me, there are plenty of players who do not have the mindset to succeed in the postseason. whether it's thin skin, whether it's, they just don't rise to the occasion. There are players that are just, and some of them, like uh, one of them I can think of is Francisco Lindor. He played really well in 2016 but then just like the formerly named indians did after 2016 in 2017 they were up to nothing in the division series lost in five and then after that as you just uh quipped about thomas harding it was all falling apart it was and that's exactly the way lindor was in the postseason and then we all know this year with the Mets was not a uh, banner year for the Mets or a banner year for Lindor as well, considering as it just came out this week, uh, he had uh, Jeff McNeil in a chokehold over an argument on defensive positioning. You know, as bad as things got for the Rockies this year, let's be honest, they never gave the thumbs down to their own fans. Yep. And they never, from what we know, choked each other over defensive alignments. So there's two positives right there. How about that? Well, that's why it was in it was in Texas when uh, it was announced that Mets GM, acting GM Zach Scott had gotten in uh, had he had a DUI, I believe. Yep. And I told the Rockies PR team, and Thomas Harding did as well. You know, you could have a bad day. And there sometimes being it, it is hard uh, working for the Rockies or it could be hard. I, I would presume. 
and you can still say, hey, we're not the Mets. <laughs> exactly. I'm telling you right now. I, you know, it is amazing and- that Jay Horowitz, who's was their former PR director, and now he's uh, their PR director emeritus or whatever his title is, but he was their PR director for like 40 years. It's amazing he's not dead. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> how, how he has not had a heart attack that's killed him is just mind boggling. <laughs> you made it through those Mets teams of the late 80s, early 90s. And, and any any time that Bobby Valentine was in the dugout, you, you're <laughs> a brave man. I, I'm just going to tell you, on a lot of levels, you are. By the way, speaking of Bobby Valentine, he ran for mayor of Stamford, Connecticut, but he lost. So that's he Well, he kept trying to get back in line with a fake mustache, and they kept booting him out. So that's yeah. just how quick it happens. By the way, speaking of the Mets, and we were talking about managers. I know Frank Howard managed the Mets too after he was with the Padres, but two people you are, well, especially in that late eighties, early nineties, there's always some managers you forget there. Hmm. Bud Harrelson, Mike Cubbage for seven games, Jeff Torborg, Dallas green. Oh, Dallas green in, in Mets and uh, Mets uniforms. Classic. I'm telling you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Art Howe, too, in the uh, early 2000s. Of course, of the aforementioned Oakland A's previously. Absolutely. It's going to say, it's just a big circle, man. I'm telling you, time is just a big circle. <laughs> That's, That's yeah, it's, it, it is. And, you know, it's, it's interesting <laughs> being here in New York. Um, you know, and I mentioned I went over the MLB story yesterday. You know, it is beyond a doubt a Yankees you know, you see so much oh, yeah. more Yankees than you do Mets any day of the week. Uh, you know, and it's just very interesting to me. Now, I'm sure if I went up to the boroughs, it might be a little bit different. Uh, but, but boy, here, you can't go anywhere without seeing a Yankees hat in a window or on somebody's head. And the thing is, too, the 2010s are the first decade that New York has not had a championship in any sport. At least in a very, very long time. At least since the 20s. Honestly, probably the teens or 10. You know, um, I was reading on the way up here that uh, I guess the Knicks have uh, brought Bing Bong into the lexicon, uh, you know, in in honor of the subway. Uh, So now Bing Bong is kind of the catchphrase (laughs) for the Knicks. so uh, yeah, in, in honor of the subway, Bing Bong. And so I will be curious when the social media kicks back in in the spring if we see a Bing Bong, you know, somehow Yankees Mets related because the subway is so tied, obviously here in the city as well as to those franchises. Well, I mean, the 2000 World Series was the Subway Series. It was indeed, my friend. Indeed, ask Mr. Mike Piazza about that one sometime. By the way, it was. 21 years ago today, the Yankees were vanquished in the 2001 World Series by the Diamondbacks. But if you think about it, with the team we mentioned just a few minutes ago, the Cleveland, uh, formerly named the Cleveland Indians, winning in uh, the American League pennant in 97, and the Diamondbacks prevailing against the Yankees in 2001, the Yankees won in 96. 
They won in 98. They won in 99. They won in 2000. You realistically could have had a six-time reigning World Series champion, New York Yankees. You could have. You know, and and obviously, I I remember, you know, because, again, I'm I'm the old part of the the bunch here. But, you know, (laughs) that 2001, of course, whenever everybody's like, oh, my God, they're going to play the World Series in November. And how crazy a thought that was at the time. And now it's just kind of commonplace. So we know the season's going to stretch that long. Well, part of it is because they have more off days. But also, too, I mean, when I look at the schedule at the beginning of the year and they announce, oh, the World Series is going to take place from this day to this day, I'm surprised when it doesn't, uh, when a game six or seven does not reach November, I'm surprised. Yeah. And, and again, 2001, first time, and obviously it's because of 9-11 and the schedule being pushed back and everything else. But it's amazing how that now it's just become a part of our like, uh, it's kind of like when the world, the Super Bowl was first in February, and now it's very common. Well, that's just when it is. So, yeah. For sure. So, but here in the next few days, and we'll talk about this for a few minutes, especially since you will have one of the, of the votes. Um but the the award season is upon us as uh, this coming Monday, the BBWAA awards finalists are going to be announced. Um, and then that's going to start off a big slew of awards, including the Hank Aaron Award, the all uh, team finalists, the uh, reliever of the year awards, silver slugger, platinum glove, uh, minor league gold glove awards. Um, rookie of the year, manager of the year, Cy Young, MVP, all that kind of stuff. It will be here in the next coming weeks. So obviously you cannot say who you voted for on your voting, which was the National League Rookie of the Year. But do you have, uh, if you happen to have for the National League a Cy Young or MVP vote, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. Who do you think you would vote for? I would probably go. I, I looked at these for our sister site, Call to the Pen. And, and I would say that I would probably go Zach Wheeler for the Cy Young, nationally, Cy Young. Okay. And I, and I wrote about how I think Bryce Harper will probably win it just because of his overall season for the Phillies. But the way Juan Soto played after. After the All Star break, uh, I I would not be surprised at all if Juan Soto somehow came. But I also am very curious to watch because we know how a lot of MVP voters tie how the team produces to that vote. I don't think that that's necessarily right, but it does. And so I think that a lot of folks will see that the Nationals were really never in the playoff race. The Phillies were till the very end of the season, and I think that that may help Harper as well. Well, and the thing is, too, is if you have your rule of, okay, they have to be in a postseason, uh, they have to be on a postseason team, you're kind of out of luck because Wheeler, I mean, he looks to be the leading candidate. But I mean, if you look at if you look at every step besides wins and losses, he looks like he is the winner. But if you're an old school guy where you're wins, losses, ERA, 
like, okay, your ERA is good at 278, but you are 14 and 10. But also that has no bearing because just because the Phillies offense stinks doesn't mean that uh, Zach Wheeler should be punished for it. He led the league in complete games. He led the league in shutouts. He led the league in innings pitched. He led the league in strikeouts. He led the the league in batters faced. He had a whip of one. He uh, walked less than two per nine innings, and he struck out more than 10 per nine innings. Really, the only other people that you could contend that should be in there are Walker Bueller, which if you're a wins and losses guy, he is definitely in that contention, especially because uh, he was on a playoff team. But he was 16-4 and four with a 247, 33 starts, 207 and two-thirds innings pitched. But then Scherzer, he was 15 and four with a 246 and 30 starts. But especially for the MVP, I mean, there's most of them aren't on good teams. No. Soto, Tatis, Trey Turner, half the season he was on a bad team. Someone that kind of flies under the radar is Tyler O'Neill. Because if you look by uh, baseball reference and wins above replacement, it's Wheeler, one, Soto, Bueller, Tatis, Trey Turner, Tyler O'Neill. Interesting. He had 34 homers and 80 RBI, 150 OPS plus, but he had 6.4 war. Goldschmidt is in there. Austin Riley is in the conversation. And then bring up the rear of the top 10. Brandon Crawford and Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, who is a guy that a great player on a not so great team, obviously. Yeah. You know, and and obviously there, the words came out this past week about how the Mariners, I believe it was, tried to get him at the exorbitant price that Pittsburgh was asking for. Him. And you know what? Good for the Pirates. I mean, if you're going to trade off your best player, you better get a big return out of it. So good for them for at least saying, no, it's this or nothing. Yeah. So, and the thing is, and as we wrap up here, if you look at some of the top things, Soto led in position player war. He led in on-base percentage. Um, He was second in batting average. He was eighth in slugging percentage. Harper is at the top of most of those. Tatis, Tyler O'Neill, uh, Nick Castellanos is fourth or tied for third in batting average. Um, and he is a guy who is a free agent this se- this offseason. And we actually mentioned him in an article on the site this week of the Rockies dream lineup. Yep. And the Rockies would love to have him. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh in in the lineup, uh their dream lineup, I I had him in there. I have Trevor Story returning. And then assuming they get a DH, which God, I hope they do, um, is Nelson Cruz, which he could be a cheap bat who will hit you 35 to 40 homers. But as I prefaced in the article and I mentioned at the end of the article as well. The chance of them, uh, uh, the chance that the Rockies are able to do that is, quote, negligible. 
And at best. I will, <laughs> and I will agree with that. And the unfortunate thing is, and maybe we'll save this for, for the next podcast, but there, there has to be something happen this off season. I think maybe even more than in past off seasons, it has to get this fan base excited again. That has to get them huh. saying, this is worth it to me. And now, will that happen? I don't know. But I think there needs to be some kind of lightning bolt come in where they go, oh, my God, the Rockies signed that guy. And it's yeah. not because they signed Ian Desmond and said, hey, he's going to be a first baseman. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's got to be somebody that actually is going to play the right position and is actually going to be a good player. Oh, Kelby Tomlinson decided to come out of retirement and re-sign with the Rockies on a minor league deal. That's going to be what gets me fired up for the well, 22 Rockies. I, you know, <laughs> and I, wrote, I wrote about this uh, just earlier on our site, but Chris Owings will be back. Get oh, ready yeah. for an early contract with Chris Owings. It's common. You know? I will so, be, that will be the biggest shocker of the offseason if he doesn't resign. If he doesn't, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that would that will be more to me. That would be more stunning that he does not sign with the Rockies than Trevor Story re-signing with the Rockies. Yeah, yep. I, I think of all the things that we can be sure of this offseason, Chris Owings coming back is a is a up there, real high. Death taxes and either Chris Owings or Drew Butera must be somewhere in the organization. That's true. You know how somewhere. they did during the. Uh, World Series, they did the whole, these are all of the uh, teammates from John Smoltz that have played in the World Series all these years. You know, there's got to be some uh, Chris Owings tree or Drew Butera tree we'll have to figure out too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in, uh, it's an unwritten rule of the Rockies front office. Oh, and another guy too, Zach Roscoe. It, one of the three has to be in the organization. True. Period. We'll have to look back and see if there was ever a day that Ross got through to Butera. I would bet there is. Uh, well, I, mean, be- I guarantee you there is. Yeah. And if not, uh, we we may not be able to do another podcast. I mean, no, no, we may not. So. <laughs> uh, well, I will look forward to our next podcast because we're definitely going to tackle that whole dream lineup thing. And what is it really going to be that will be a dream, uh, you know, and how big of a dream? Yeah, I mean, you can dream that, uh, and I pretty much use this for all the hypotheticals. You you can uh, you can dream that the Rockies will be able to acquire Mike Trout and Shohei Otani for a bucket of balls, but it's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, Castellanos could happen. Will it? Probably not. But it could happen in sure. theory. It's more likely than Otani, I can tell you that. Yeah, that's the sure thing, and much more likely than Trout and Otani combined to be in the same trade to go to Colorado for nothing. Now that would be a uh, who could say no? I mean, how can uh, how can the Angels not turn down that trade deal? I mean, hello. I mean, what if the Rockies re-sign Chris Owings and then flip him in a deal? Maybe that's the, the little cherry on top of the deal, right? There. I mean, uh, frankly, if they don't do that deal, they're they're bad people. No, obviously, let's be honest. <laughs> well, we're going to be bad people if we keep this up because people are going to be like, shut up already. So let's do next time. We will think about who we think should be that dream lineup 
dream possibilities and how big a dream that those are. But until next time, for my friend, Noah Yingling, Kevin Henry signing off. And as always, even in the offseason, go Rockies. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.